Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode. Hello, welcome back, Tomatoes, to another episode of the Happy Hour Podcast. The Three Tomatoes Happy Hour Podcast, that is. I'm Kim Selby, and I am your host today. I am also the San Francisco editor of the Three Tomatoes newsletter. And oh boy, oh boy, do we have a treat in store for you. You know how like hair loss is in the news these days? Hello, the slap heard round the world. <laughs> well, my guest today is Amy Gibson and she is the voice of hair loss. She is an international wig and accessory designer, the author of a book called Sex, Wigs and Whispers, Love and Life with Hair Loss. She's a leading personal hair loss consultant for women all over the states who suffer from medical hair loss. She is an alopecia spokesperson, an Emmy-nominated soap opera actress, a keynote speaker, and a media commentator, just a few things. Welcome, Amy. Hi, Kim. Thank you so much. And one other thing, founder of createdhair.com. Well, I was just going to get into that. Yes, oh, let's talk okay. about that. But let's talk about your own journey first. And sure. how did you get into this business? I know, but I want you to share it with our listeners. Well, I didn't plan on getting into this business, actually, if you're talking about the hair business. Yes. Is that what you're referring to? Okay. So in 98, I actually went to a chiropractor who bulged out every one of my discs in adjusting me. And I kept saying, it's getting worse. And he'd say, oh, I'm a Buddhist. It must get worse before it gets better. And I ended up one day not being able to get out of bed, fell on the floor and realized I was almost paralyzed from waist down for over a year. So I was made to sit in bed and I got, I kept asking spiritually, like, what does this mean? I'm being stuck in bed. People have to pick me up, bathe me, put me back in bed. I got the, I got the lesson. It was not giving up control. I got it. But, you know, at the time I was no longer acting, I was producing and writing, and I had several deals with USA and Sony and a number of the shows, and they kept falling apart. It was the weirdest thing. Like, I would sell it, and two months later it would fall apart. But on the left side of my life, I started having all these women calling me from all the hair loss support groups I was involved in. Hi, Amy, you know, I have to buy a wig, but, you know, you really know how to wear yours. Oh, Amy, I have a date. You know, you have that thing that you do when you're on a date when you know he's going to feel the back of your neck. Can you share, oh, you know, Amy, um, I have to get a wig made. Can you, can you just share with some of the things I should ask? And it, I, one day I realized, God, I'm getting a lot of phone calls. And then I looked up literally to the sky and I said, you must be kidding. This cannot be what you want me to do. And I heard, yes, it is. This is really what you're supposed to do. And do the work, and I will help you walk again. And I said, oh, please, I can't do this. I'm in no position to, to counsel women. I have wigs made for me. And I heard, no, you know more than you realize. You've been living with this for 20-some-odd years. 
You've gone through everything. Yes, but now we have to go back to your own hair loss journey because we didn't. That's what I meant. But but we can go jump back to you know created hair. Doing what I'm doing. Okay. No, but let's start with your own alopecia journey. Okay, so my alopecia started when I was on a show called Love of Life, which was on CBS. I was 13 and a half years old. And, you know, you go into the makeup room in the morning and the hair guy's there and you're brushing your hair and he puts over, you know, asks me to put my head over. And he's, and you'd always play a lot of games with me, always a jokester. And he said, you know, Amy, what is that? You have a bald spot the size of the palm of my hand. I said, <laughs> Nick, that's very funny. He goes, no, actually, I need you to take a look at this. And it was really smooth. It was like a baby's butt. And I'm feeling it. I'm like, wow, that's really weird. What's up with that? And I look in the mirror and I, I don't know. I'm, I must have watched a video on leprosy or something. Because I always watched those crazy documentaries <laughs> as a kid. Everything from snails to like sharks. And I started thinking, oh my God, my limb is next, my arm. And I went into this horrible emotional spin, like literally a spin. And my aunt at the time, um, she was a very famous singer named her name is Georgia Gibbs. And she knew Dr. Orentreich, which was a very famous term on Fifth Avenue that dealt with Cher and all these people. So I called her freaking out and she took me immediately to the doctor who said to me, well, it seems that you have something called alopecia. Now at that time, there was no Shanae O'Connor who had shaved her hair. No one even knew about hair loss. No one talked about hair loss. It was shameful. Uh, no one ever talked about it. It was a you know whisper thing, right? And you and were young. Mother, you were a young teenager. Right. Yeah, going through puberty. Yeah, and so he said, but I have a Band-Aid. I don't have a cure. So we're going to put these cortisone shots in your head and um, and the hair will grow back. But there's only one problem. It doesn't stop hair loss from happening in other places. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where are you going to put them? Like with what? He goes, I'm going to shoot them into your scalp. And I, went, ah. I said, really? And he said, yeah, that's cortisone, which today they still use. The problem was at that time they didn't regulate it. So the spots would start. I would always know because there was like an underground pimple and we would shoot it where it needed to be. And I learned to breathe in the numbing spray that would put on my head because it would make me high enough just for a little, for like 10 seconds to to drum out the sound of Rice Krispies, which is what the needle felt like, which would freak me out. But I got used to it. And I got by for many years, but I had to lie a lot. So my agent would say to me, because I was brought up as a pro golfer, she would say, oh my God, you have to go on the golf, the celebrity golf tournament. I, all I thought about was, oh my God, if the wind blows, you'll see my bald spot in the back. So I, I would say things like, oh my God, I slammed my, my thumb in the door. I, I can't play. My, my short game is, I can't. And then something else would happen and something else would happen. And finally, they lost interest in booking me in that. Then they wanted to book me for Clairol. And I had it, I said, well, mm. I said, uh, you know, I've been using this, uh, this very, very hush-hush uh, uh, shampoo, and it's an Italian brand, and I've really been under contract trying it for them, so I really can't use anything else, and so I forego, I, I, I forewent, forewent, for, I forgot all of these incredible deals having to do with anything to do with hair, anything to do with tournaments, anything to do with modeling that had to do with print in that regard, because I was so frightened. Then... When I left that show, I moved to LA. I was still getting my shots. Okay. And how old were you 
when you did I that? I was 17, 17 and a half. I'm you were a pro that. golfer too? You are no, so accomplished. No, no, I wasn't pro. I was studying to be a pro. I was trained yeah, to, but... to be with the Women's Junior PGA, but I chose acting. But I, I played from five years old on, as, as far back as I can remember. My father wanted me to be Dr. Nitz Kathy Fisher. So, but what they didn't realize was the reason why I was so strong at 13 and a half and 14 was because they were giving me cortisone shots. So at 14, to be able to hit a ball straight at 250 was unheard of. I yeah. was able to hit. And I remember I hit the sweet spot and broke the wood in half, a seven wood. And like my father goes, wow, you're so strong. And I didn't even realize it was, I didn't get my period till I was 18. It threw my whole body off, okay? Mm. The cortisone had me fluctuating in weight. It was a constant struggle. And so I had to constantly watch out when I was going to have a bald spot and then put the you know, get the shot and then make sure. And I was always on the lookout, always very uncomfortable, of course, to date or even talk to a boy. So then I moved to LA and I'm still going on with the shots and doing other commercials and all this stuff. And I get on Young and the Restless and I still don't tell anybody about it. I'm still doing my shots. My hair is a little thinner, right? I see the difference in my hair, but it's still, it's holding up. It's okay. And then I leave Young and the Restless and the producer from Young and the Restless wrote me in our general hospital and I helped him partly write this role of an undercover detective and who, you know, was there to get her man, right? But I hadn't worked in a while and I had a lot of spots. So I went into Cedars-Sinai. Remember I said they didn't regulate it at this time. Right. And I went in and they gave me so much that I walked out and I started seeing triple and I knew that my body couldn't handle any more cortisone. So I stopped the cortisone shots and lost all my hair in three weeks. Oh my gosh. Just five weeks after, it was eight weeks in total, five weeks before starting filming now. And I didn't know what I was gonna do. And I hadn't worked, I really needed a job for a lot of reasons. And I had like a mini nervous breakdown. So for four days, I cried, I threw up, I, 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 did, I, I just really couldn't stop crying. And then I said, you know what, I gotta stop this. I gotta figure out a way to make this work for me. And so, I decided to turn that character into one with seven different dialects and seven different looks to get her man, which no one had done on, on soaps before. So I asked the producer, the exec, to meet me at the only place I could think I wouldn't lose it emotionally, which was the coffee shop in the Beverly Hills Hotel, where it was crowded. I knew I wouldn't lose it, you know, emotionally. And I don't even know how we didn't know this was a wig, because I look at pictures now, it was so horrible. <laughs> I got a wig, I had a hat on. And I said, listen, I, I, have a, I have this idea for the story, right? I think we should change it. And I pitch him. He goes, oh, my God, that's absolutely fabulous. How did you come up with that? I said, well, it's funny you should ask. Now, I knew Wes already for many years from Young and the Restless. He was my producer for that. And I told him, and he said, oh, my God. He said, well, we certainly can't tell the network. And we certainly can't tell the press. You'll be asked it as a ball free. I mean, nobody knows anybody with hair loss now. And I said, well, then put it into the budget for 100000 for wigs. Send me to Mickey Rourke's coach, coach, Howard Fine. I'll learn seven dialects. And we're just going to keep it between the two of us. And please make the makeup and hair sign an NDA that they cannot talk about this so they won't ever work in the industry. And that's exactly what I did. And when People Magazine covered me, they went to every single person I ever worked with in television. And do you know that that hair and makeup person never, ever told Oh. Like, and I bumped into her at a gig, I think it was for Entertainment Tonight, or one of the shows I did, and I bumped into her and I said, Anita, you know, you never told. 
you know, she's never told. I said, I was so touched that you kept your decency for me, you know, your discretion. And so she said, Amy, I would never, ever throw you under a bus. It wasn't oh. even acceptable, right? I said, you are the woman's woman of life. And I never forgot her. So, you know, you work through it, right? This is stuff you work through. It's not easy. But the one thing you learn is you learn to embrace it. And if you're going to have to live with this stuff, you better know and you better learn everything there is about it. So you're not worrying if the wind blows. You know how to keep a wig on. You're not worried if someone hugs you because you're going to learn how to work with moving your hair first. You're not going to worry about dating because my book takes you through it. You know that if he touches the back of your nape, he's about to reach behind, you're going to know what to do. You need to learn the tools. You need to find the right wig. You need to get it styled correctly. I mean, literally 45% of the women that we work with, I never meet, never. Um, they send me their pictures. We work on Skype. My girls follow their 9 by 11 photo. I have models who put them on, including myself. And we literally will match the picture because my girl, I mean, Kathleen, my partner, is Emmy nominated for, you know, she does all these shows, The Voice, American Idol, and all this. So the finishing touch for a wig is you can take a very cheap wig. Doesn't matter. It's the finishing touch of the styling and the way the hair that looks in the front is all you have to really care about. So you don't always have to buy an expensive wig, but you better have a damn good stylist if you're gonna enter and embrace this, this journey. So for me, I had to start learning this stuff on the spot, right? Because even though I was seven different looks, I had to wear one look back and forth to the studio that they right. had to think was my hair. So when someone would come behind me and want to feel my hair or my wig, I had to, I had to, I had to train myself not to jump. Yeah. And still keep it quiet from everybody. And I remember when people went to all the castmates and no one, no one knew. My castmates didn't know. So all the stuff I write about in Sex, Wigs, and Whispers is literally all the lies I told, all the ways I got by, all the ways you can do it if you want. That's why I filmed a, you know, 78 tutorials that I just dumped on YouTube. So you can learn everything you need to do. Watch the videos. It will, I created here by Amy Gibson on YouTube. Just put in what you need to know. I still am going to do 40 more. But I mean, I try to get the information out there. So if a woman is living in Arkansas and doesn't have access to me, I'll do Zoom with you for 15 minutes at no, at no at cost. After that, we charge for consultation. But let me walk you through what you need in the beginning, you know, um, just to make it so it's authentic for you. The main thing is that women wear too much hair. They overcompensate. And all of a sudden, look like they're wearing like cousin it from the Adam's family. Right. So it doesn't matter, really, but you have to be able to embrace this first. There is guilt, there is shame, there is loss, and you have to let yourself feel those things. And if you don't, you're going to look in the mirror and never energetically feel correct. Right. Well, Amy, why do you think it is that it seems that more people now, you're hearing about them with alopecia, whereas you never met anybody when you were growing up. Do you think that it's an environmental thing? I know it's an autoimmune disease. Well, they, you know, they're referring to alopecia in a lot of these places. They refer to it hair loss. So alopecia is an immune disorder, okay? It's when the white blood cells fight against your own body because it thinks it has a condition or disease. Okay, right. that bottom line layman terms without getting too medical about it. But people refer, and there's a lot of different types of hair loss. There are the patches, that's alopecia areata. 
there's when you only lose your scalp, but you still have your eyebrows and eyelashes, and that's alopecia totalis. There's alopecia universalis, which is what mine went into, so I have no body hair completely. Um, and that happened in a very strange way because in 2015, I was just about to publish my book. And I'm a very generous person. And there was a family member that I had given thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to in my lifetime. And the bookkeeper called me and said, you know, this person has stolen a lot of money from you. And I, what are you talking about? And I got so angry that I shook, literally my body shook for three days. And it was a Wednesday when I found this out. Saturday morning, I'm in bed, I'm waking up, and Bill looks at me, my husband, and he goes, honey, where are your eyelashes and eyebrows? I went, what? And then I pulled a sheet up. I had nobody here anywhere. I said, oh my God, the stress put me right into Universalis. Well, I have been always helping clients draw their brows up, but let me tell you, I didn't know how to do mine. So I thought, okay, I'm a solutionist. I'm booked with clients. How am I gonna deal with this? I decided, okay, it's Saturday. I'm through with clients at three. I'm going to go to Nordstrom's. On a Saturday afternoon, I go over to Nordstrom's and in my car, I pray to my mom. I said, okay, mom, you got to lead me to the perfect person that is going to teach me how to do my brows and spend the time with me so that I can get some peace of mind right now. So I need you to do this. And I walk in and there's nobody available. It is just packed. And I, I, I'm standing there like a deer with headlights, right? And this girl named Kimberly, she's in my book comes up to me out of nowhere and she goes, hi, can I help you? I said, well, actually, I need a specific makeup artist. She goes, oh, here's my card. I'm the Nordstrom's brow specialist. I went, what? <laughs> I looked up, I said, ma, go ahead, ma, thank you. She spent two hours teaching me. And then I went back and she taught me more. And the rest I really learned from great makeup artists. And then I teach my clients. So you have to find a solution. I always say, and forgive me for my profanity, you cannot sit in your shit for too long. You must get yourself out of that place. I don't mind if you get emotional. Everyone has to go to the place of feeling sorrow and loss, but you cannot stay there. You must say, all right, that's it. I am, I, I'm unhappy, but you know what? I still have to live my life. I have to go to work. I have to go shopping. I have to feel like I'm a woman. I have to feel empowered. I have got to get ahead of the game here. And when you get proactive is when you get successful on this journey. And that's what I learned. Yeah. Well, you really have been through a lot and you give so much. You do so much because it's not just the alopecia people that you work with. You work with, would you say, mostly people who have lost their hair via cancer or is it half and half? How is that? I would say I'm 80% cancer, 20% alopecia, but it's really medical because both men and women deal with this. Women right. a bit better, but I've had men completely flip out and cry and everything. So, you know, it's really individual. Um, I think that I become more medical, especially with COVID. There's a lot of hair loss with COVID. I've had tremendous clients with COVID hair loss that's not alopecia. Um, and, you know, the jab for some people has caused hair loss, some people not. It's just reactions to all of this stuff. And, you know, I got myself in trouble about, I don't know, Five, maybe three years ago, I forget what it was. I, had, I was on a radio show and someone said to me, you know, there's all these people now experiencing hair loss. Why do you think there's all these women now? I said, well, first of all, there's over 60 million, million women in the US alone, right? 
I just don't think we're eating the food they say we're eating. I don't think we're drinking the water they say we're drinking. And I don't think we're breathing the air they say we're breathing. Oh, uh, when I tell you the board lit up and everybody was screaming at me because the, I didn't give them a solution. See, right. I can't just tell you what the feel and what the cause is. I have to be your solutionist. I can't leave you open. Okay. Right. So it doesn't matter where it's coming from. Only thing that matters for me is that when you walk out of that house, you are rocking. That's it. You got to look in the mirror and you got to say, and you have something on that you go, yeah, that looks like me. That is me. In fact, this is me and I'm rocking. And you walk out the door. If you can't do that, then you better go to my, you better go to YouTube. You better call me and you better find a way to walk through this process because you will not be successful in anything you put on. The minute you embrace it, the minute you do some of the things I'm telling you to do, all of a sudden it leaves your perspective opening because when you change your perspective, you change your reality with yeah. anything, but especially with hair loss. Especially. Right. It is an amazing transfer. I always say transformation can happen in an instant, but you better be ready for it. Right. Hair is such an important part of our identity. Yes. I experienced thinning hair. I went to the dermatologist and he said, no, you're, you're fine. It's just probably in your DNA. And, you know, fortunately I still have it, but you, it's, it's pretty thin and wigs are so. Kim, anybody looking at you. Wouldn't know. Yeah. You look pretty normal. Like if you were to come to me, you look pretty normal to me. Yeah. Um, there are things that I would do in certain areas to give you a little bit more volume, but I don't think, I think where you're at right now, as I told you when you first came on, truly one of the most beautiful women I've looked at. Oh, and and I look at symmetry, right? I mean, yeah. I studied, yeah. Me, I looked at your lips immediately, your cheekbones, your, your high forehead. You're like the perfect wig person for me, right? <laughs> I mean, you have the perfect, perfect symmetry for me. But, you know, even for women that don't have perfect symmetry, what you have to find is the wig styles that work for your symmetry, for a pear shape, for an oval shape, for a square shape. There really are certain styles that work well. You want your layers. If you have a more square face, you want them to start a little bit lower. I mean, if, if you're a little bit over the age where you have a little jowl happening, don't wear something. Don't start the layer in your cheekbone. You gotta bring it down. You can have one layer, but the main layer has gotta be right cupping that wonderful little jaw, right? So there are things you learn and you can play with, but I think hair loss right now, I think stress, this is a very stressful time for people. This is a stressful time in government. It's a stressful time with violence in our country. It's a stressful time for women. And, you know, I just took a self-defense class for women recently. And the, the head person who gives it is a client of mine. And so she was wearing her wig and I started laughing. I said, what are you wearing your wig for? She goes, because I'm so used to it now. I don't want to wear it anywhere. I said, you're wearing it for the class? She goes, Amy, it looks so good. I don't want to do without it. I said, oh my God, you're going to ruin my wig. I have to give you my water wig or my synthetic cyber hair wig because that you can mess up. You can't be doing this in this class. But I think, and I did that because of the crime level in Beverly Hills. I want to feel comfortable. And I've had a few close, uh, close calls as recent as four days ago in Beverly Hills with a pretty crazy woman. Mm. So um, it's important for women to be aware. It's important for women to, to look at themselves and know that there's absolutely nothing wrong that you have hair loss. It's really normal. If you're going through any type of hormonal imbalance and women should always take a hormone panel, 
thyroid is the number one, number one besides stress that's going to make you lose your hair. If your hormones are off, if your thyroid, if, if your copper is too high, you're going to be crazy. I mean, people really, there are a lot of people that aren't schizophrenic. They're high in copper. I mean, there are people that actually have data on that. So having a bath, doing some meditation, it becomes a vicious cycle. If you live in the stress and you don't do anything about it, right? And then you start to lose your hair. So every reflection in the mirror, every reflection in the window, you're looking everywhere. That immediately is making, now you're, you're thinking hair loss 24 seven, even in your sleep. Right. Once you start cutting that down, once you start doing even 10 minutes of a guided meditation, taking a bath, calming your body with some candles, once you start finding the right wave, all of a sudden it goes shh. And your hair loss may come down a little bit. Yeah. But you know, you need to help it along, right? It's a very stressful time for women. Well, it's not only people with hair loss that wear wigs. Right. So many celebs change up their look. It's not a shameful thing to wear a no, wig anymore. No, 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 it's hip. 50% of women are wearing hair today. It's like accessory, like lipstick and heels. I mean, it's looked as a, well, really the Cher, the Kardashians, the Madonna, fabulous celebrities that have gone out there with or without a hair problem and spoken about it in a way that makes it fabulous has made it so much easier on those of us who really do have hair loss. Right. You know, I remember my mom had wigs. Now, this is back in the 60s because wigs were popular then as they are now i think she had little hair pieces and she had oh my gosh i it was so funny i remember they called they called them falls yes they had she had falls but she also had like a big bun kind of thing with you know braids around it when she would dress up for formal and i this is just a funny wig story we were getting into a car and i was a little girl but she was all dressed up and i don't know why she hit her head in the hairpiece. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Do you know that I had a goddaughter at one time? Uh, my ex-fiance married this woman who ended up being a drug addict, and he couldn't handle the daughter. So I adopted her for a short amount of time for two wow. years and brought her up from, like, four and a half to six and a half, okay? And I was about to leave for a date. I left one of my wigs in the other room and she comes out and she goes, Annie, Amy, you forgot your hair. <laughs> and I look at this guy and I just started laughing and I said, remember our secret? Remember we talked about our secret? She goes, uh-oh. I go, yeah. I said, it's okay. We'll talk about it later. And so of course it was out in the open, right? I said, okay, I can't deal with the pink elephant. You want to ask me questions? Go ahead. He goes, okay. What is that about? I said, well, first of all, here's the deal. I have alopecia. You never have to see it unless you don't want to, unless you want to. And if I'm comfortable, I'll show you. And if I'm not, then what you see is what you get. How's that for you? And? He said, great. I have to tell you, most men, women are so scared of, oh my God, if this guy finds out, it has nothing to do with that. It's what they, what you give out is how they accept it. If you're, even if you have to bluff your way in the beginning, if you're okay with it, they're okay with it. Yeah. Right? I used well, to that's, say that's life. You know, it's all about your confidence and your self-esteem. And what you do is provide women with that self-confidence and self-esteem by providing them with a wig that works and makes them feel better. So that is kudos to you. But even people Thank who you. don't need, in quotes, wigs need to embrace that self-esteem and feel good about themselves because it is what you put out, you get back. 
It just is. You know, I remember someone said to me, we're on a date, and this is like the third date, fourth date, and I decided we've had all these great phone calls, right? In between these these dates, I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna test the water. I said to him, so let me ask you something. Do you like my hair? He goes, oh, I love your hair. I said, do you? <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> I said, that's good because you can have it because I don't have any. That's not a problem, is it? And I did it with a smile. He goes, what? I said, I don't have any. Is that a problem for you? He goes, can I process it for a moment? And I looked at my watch and I said, all right, that's it. Yes or no? Because I was really clear that this wasn't going to hinder me. And right. If you can't handle it, that's your problem. Right. Now, I have a question. Do you ever go without a wig? Do you go your natural bald self? In my house only. I am not one of those people. I always honor people who can walk around bald. I go, wow, man, that girl's got it going on. That is not me. I can't make love with bald either. When I'm with my husband, we're going to be intimate. I put on one of my girls, right? If I want to be blonde, red, brown, I have all my different my different personalities. Oh, well, that's a new way of play acting. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, and he he kisses my head at night and I wear a turban at night and it's really okay because I've made it okay. And we met on match.com. So, you know, when I started to, to decide that I really wanted not to get married, but I wanted my soulmate, I remember my publicist at the time said to me, you can't do that. I've been working very hard at keeping you discreet. And now you're just going to let all your dirty laundry hang out? I said, here's the deal. I don't go to the gym. I, I won't meet anybody when I'm really sweaty and stinky. I don't go to clubs. It's long before COVID, right? 12 years ago. And um, yeah, this is how it's going to roll. Yeah, I decided. And I remember I had a family member said to me, you know, Amy, oh, <coughs> excuse me. You know, did you ever look at those girls? I mean, God, the, you know, the age that you want to go for, I mean, they go for like 30-year-olds. And, you know, you're a little older than that. And, you know, the hair. I mean, have you ever seen the hair that they have? And, you know, you have a little bit of weight on you. And, like, they're all <gasps> in really good shape. And I said, I'll tell you what. Mom brought us up under Edgar Casey. That's what you believe you create, especially with quantum physics. <clears throat> Pardon me. <clears throat> Pardon me. And I'll tell you what. The man that I'm going to try, be drawn to is going to love my age because we're going to understand the same language and the same music. He's going to kiss my bald head at night and he's going to love my ass because that's me and that's who I am. And you want to know something? I had 55 dates before I found Bill on Match.com and I was dating five. And they were all in their late 40s, 50s, and early 60s. Okay. And not one man had a problem with it. There was just one person that I didn't meet on Match.com that I was introduced to who was a complete jerk. But because I was so good about it, they didn't have a problem with it. Now, yeah. I did have somebody from my past that I ended up dating for a little bit. And this is really honest. He came to me and he said to me two months into the relationship. And I knew him as a friend. I knew when he was engaged. I waited till the engagement was over for two years to let anything happen with us because I didn't want to in, really intrude upon whatever could still be there with them. And he came to me and he said, I gotta be honest with you. You know, I've known you for 10 years. And you know that I love you. <sighs> Call me superficial, but the hair thing is a problem for me. Like I'm a hair guy and I can't get beyond it. I said, let me tell you something. First of all, I really respect you for telling me that. I need a guy that's way deeper than you. And so you're not the right mate for me. Right. And the one that will be 
will love it and it's okay for me and I love you. Okay, fast forward 10 years, right? 10 years, I bump into it a party. He's with this very manufactured, I mean, she had everything done to her, which was fine, but didn't look natural. And she was wearing a big rock on her hand. Next time I see him is three years later, she's taken him to the cleaners. Okay, Ooh. they're divorced. He now comes up to me at a party when I'm involved with Duke, with my ex-boyfriend, who I was with for three years. And he says to me, and Duke had walked away from me. He goes, listen, Amy, how serious is it with you with him? Because you know what? The biggest thing, I made the biggest mistake of my life with you. And I know it now. And is there any way? I said, are you crazy? I never go back. I only go forward. And you know what? Knowing what you married, you're still a superficial then, as you now, as you were then. So no, we're done. Bye-bye. So, you know, and I said, I love you. I'll always love you. But this is never, ever going to happen. Well, Duke, I did not do the standing behind. I didn't know that. And he comes in and he was pretty classy. He shakes his hand. He said, listen, I think it's time for you to leave. Now, nice. Duke was 6'4", and this guy was like 5'5". Five, five. <laughs> so I had this little bit of retribution for a moment. You know what yeah. I mean? But there yeah. you go with the dating. Well, it's interesting. And we're out of time there's so okay. much more that you could really teach us i think that the biggest lesson is to embrace and be happy with who you are and be able to work past whatever difficulties whatever comes your way because you were able to at such a young age really work through this diagnosis that you were given and obviously this was your mission on earth to be able to provide the comfort that people going through hair loss, whether it's through cancer, chemotherapy, or through uh, alopecia or another type of hair loss, you give people the opportunity to feel great about themselves. And there's, there's so much more to what you do and you've created you. so many fabulous wigs, but I just wanna tell people, it's not just for medical hair loss, you can wear wigs to, change up your look you know what kim there is a band that i created a wig band called wig secure and the reason why i want them to know about this because if people are buying ready-made wigs right a lot of them are too big whether it's my band or any other band they need to know that a wig band is out there that you wear under the wig that will keep it on these are some of the things they need to learn but you know the other side of this is i look at you okay there's no difference between what you've had gone through in your journey or mine, it's just that I've been more public about it. I still go through my journey. I wake up in the morning with no, I, I'm a blank face. I have no eyelashes, no eyebrows, and I feel like an alien. The first thing I do is put on my brows. I come out and my husband says, oh, she's back. So, <laughs> but let me tell you something. There are times I've still cried for my hair, yeah. but not so much my top hair, my eyelashes, my eyebrows. Yeah. So, and then you breathe. And you go, you know what? I wish I had it, but I don't. But you know what? I can breathe, I can hear, I can walk. And you start to become grateful and you change your perspective. So for your ladies watching this, if you're in that moment, take a breath and look at the things that you're grateful for. Look at the things like you can see. You know, we take sight for granted. We take our hearing for granted. You can work through the wig thing. They can always set an appointment. You can work through any part of this is far, far more easier than what you think. And I really appreciate you having me on. Oh, thank you so much, Amy. Really, I, I think you are such a gift to a very needed community in our world today. So thank you, thank you, thank you.
Namaste. You're amazing.